Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. And this is episode 15, and today our special guest is Larry English from Centric Consulting. The title of the episode is Remote by Choice, Building a Great Remote Organization. Larry is a president and a founder of Centric Consulting, a business and technology consulting company with 12 offices plus India, almost 1,000 employees, and it's got a company's culture that's second to none. And in fact, it has built from the beginning as a virtual organization. Larry's also the author of his soon-to-be-published book, Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams, which is coming out May 2020. Listen in today as Larry shares the secret sauce for building trust and a great culture with a virtual team starting with relationships and vulnerable leadership. Get ready to learn what it's like to build not only a great culture, but to do it with a virtual organization. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Well, welcome. Welcome, Larry English. We're excited to have you here on the Impact Leadership Podcast. Craig and I have been talking about having you on the show uh, for not very long because this just came from having Joe Schmuchny, a good friend of mine and one of your team, one of your team leaders on about a week ago. And I'm so grateful you jumped right on. I know it's going to be an impactful message today because so many things you're going to talk about are so relevant right now to what's going on in the world, especially around a, a remote workforce. So a little bit of history on Larry. Larry is the president and co-founder of Center Consulting. And I was reading your bio, and what I love, Larry, is burned out at 25, which is a sad commentary on our world, perhaps. And the result of that is you and your newlywed wife backpacked around the world to sort of awesome. find your path and came back and started what is now Centric, which is over 1,000 team members in 12 wow. cities, plus India, been working uh, remotely as the model from the beginning, great culture, just so excited to see what you have to share, Larry, because we're recording this in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. You got people overnight having to throw the switch to become remote, yeah. and you're, uh, you're so far ahead of the curve, <laughs> I know you're going to share some great ideas with us, so welcome, Larry. Well, yeah, uh, welcome. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> So, Larry, give us a little bit of the story. I gave everybody a little teaser there. How, how did Larry English get to where he is today with this business? <laughs> so, yeah, let's go back to the burnout part. Um, so, uh, out of college, started working for one of the big international consulting firms. <clears throat> and it was, it's, it was a great experience, great school, but I was working 100 hours a week, including oh, Saturday yeah. and Sunday. And after five years of this, you know, I had one of those moments <laughs> where I was leaving work at 10 p.m. The place oh. is dark, and I'm walking out to an empty parking lot, and I'm like, is this it? I'm going <laughs> to retire and die. 
um, I can't, you know, there's no way. And so that was what led my wife and I to uh, take a year off and I was trying to find myself. And um, during those times, it formed some really tight bonds and um, knew we shared the same value system with a number of the guys that I was working with. And, um, you know, when I was on that trip, realized wanted to take some risk and some chance. And, um, it, you know, we, we had stayed in touch and we're like, you know, there has got to be a better way to doing business. You do not have to kill everybody. Um, <laughs> profit. You don't have to have, you know, politics. Why can't we just, you know, be fun and, and do great work and oh, the people that you work with? And yes. it was like, you can do that. And so that was where the idea from Centric uh, came from. And we came back and <clears throat> we modeled out um, the basis of, you know, that value system and started the business and, and uh, have grown from there. Now, it's interesting that you say you started with that value system. Did you, did you clearly define your values from the get-go? No. <clears throat> so okay. we started with the kernel of an idea, <clears throat> and, and then we started to grow it. And as you grow it, you kind of um, you have some ideas of what will work and, and the things that work you keep. There were a lot of things that did not work, um, uh, but that's normal. You, you learn it along the way. And then I would say – maybe uh, five years and we looked around and we're like, we love this. Um, and so the thing about culture is uh, most companies talk about it, but um, they don't, it, it's actually a very hard exercise when you um, sit down and you try to say, okay, what exactly is my culture? Because there's a lot of uh, spoken and, and there's many unspoken um, attributes of your culture. So we sat down and we said, you know, what exactly is it? And that certainly starts with your core values, you know, truly living those core values and your core purpose. And it was a painful exercise to get our, our core purpose, right? It probably took us a year. Um, I remember we had like two pages of notes and we're like, uh, that's not a very memorable core purpose. <laughs> um, but what we, what we had found was if you do the hard work, it was there all the time. You'd been living it. Wow. You just couldn't articulate it. And once we figured it out, yeah. it brought such clarity that has driven us for the next 15 years to grow. How, so how long has it been, Larry? Uh, we've been in business about 20 years. Wow. Hmm. So, Larry, you've got a book coming out called Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams. Obviously, that book is a lot about culture, but it's really about working virtually. And here we are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, and whatever word we want to use right now, the world has had to shift on its business access when it comes to remote. Some companies like yours were there. Some are overnight having to go remote. And who knows how it's going to stay. So let's talk about what's it look like to build an organization that runs well and does so remotely. Uh, there's a couple of components to this. Um, so we talked about culture, and uh, you would still do the same things that you would normally do to define your culture. But when you work remote, you have to layer on additional things. And so um, if you're out there, there's been, you know, since the pandemic hit, there's thousands of tips on working remote. But that is just, you know, that is an inch deep on what it takes to ultimately be a fully remote company and have great, deep relationships and, you know, just exist as a virtual company. And so just to give you a few examples is uh, when you are a virtual company, you have to learn to build relationships virtually. And um, it is a different skill set. And so I will give you, you know, a few examples is um, we model and we teach vulnerability. And 
Uh, there's been a lot of research done on it, but what vulnerability is and does is it is a shortcut to trust. And so if you're able to model that early on when you're talking to somebody that's in the Miami office and you've never met them face to face, you're going to become, uh, you're going to build a deeper, faster relationship by starting with vulnerability. Um, the other, some other components as an example is we want people to bring their whole self to work. And what I mean by that is, uh, it, you know, we start our, uh, we, have, we have a format for virtual uh, meetings. And, and the first part of that is talking about personal, uh, your personal life and sharing your personal life. Because when you know that, when you know more about that person, you learn to, um, you like them better and you learn to, you know, you learn to trust. Um, so you've got to take time to nurture those personal relationships. It's very easy when you work remote to, um, you know, you can just sit in your office all day, um, <laughs> but you, you have to consciously force yourself being reaching out and building um, those relationships. And then we talked about this a little bit earlier is uh, resolving conflict um, virtually is, you know, it, it, you can't see those visual cues. And so you have to take it. Uh, there's a you know a little bit different skill set that we try to train people on how to on how to do that. Just as a few examples. Now you're talking about you don't have those visual cues because it's through text more than it is through visual uh, through video. So it's through you know phone um, mm -hmm. and increasingly video. But even then, there are subtle things that you cannot see uh, when when you're on uh, video, and so. Yeah. You know, when there's not a pandemic going on, there's kind of a gratification of, um, of discussions that you can have virtually. And then some of them, you know, if it's really difficult, it has to be in person and you, and you yeah. can't get away from that. Okay. Well, Larry, you've probably heard that people, we all have a funny bone, like we hit our funny bone, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you hit him. What, what you just said, you hit my giddy bone. <laughs> because I'm just if you saw me lighting up as you were talking it was when you were talking about uh, building relationships uh, modeling vulnerability which I think is the secret sauce as well yeah. and I think it's the scariest thing for leaders and it's the most important thing you turned a new phrase for me a shortcut to trust I was like let me throw the mic at him <laughs> dropping it and then you talked about the idea of you believe you bring the whole person to you bring the whole hmm. person to work. That's exactly what we're talking about at Carnivera. That yeah, people are not showing up and leaving their life at the door. In fact, we want to help people build companies that they say bring your life in here. Not about the drama, but we're going to recognize with compassion and empathy and humanity. You got a life going on, and that yeah. matters as much as this place. And let us help you build the life that you want. Absolutely, um, and so. I couldn't agree more, and we've, we've done lots of trial and error, and I know that it works, and I know that it works well. Oh, that's so good to hear. And I love something you said at the beginning, Larry. You're talking about all the information out there right now about remote working, and we had a guest on last week, a friend of ours, Marcy Rader, who's hmm. been living and managing remote teams for about 18 years, and the word she made up is there's so much infobesity going on right now. <laughs> said all these people are trying to teach people how to work remote. And she said, but it's like an inch deep. It's like, here's the monitor you need, or here's how you yeah, get right. <laughs> and here's how you set up your basic communication system. But it's not what it, it has nothing to do with what's a, 
like to work as a team remotely. Yeah, not dealing with health issues or any of the other stuff that's there. Yeah, so the, what's um, interesting is so when this all started to happen, uh, I follow and talk to a lot of people that are in the remote, um, you know, work from home uh, movement, I'll call it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've always believed that we'll get there. But a lot of those folks were like, this is terrible. This couldn't be worse um, because it's not going to be a, you know, everybody just rushed to do it and all the kids are at home and they're yelling and running around. <laughs> this is going to be a terrible experience and it'll set back the remote movement. And I wasn't so sure about that. And the early mm-hmm. data that I'm getting back, both quantitative and qualitative, is that uh, that it's, it's, it's going to accellerate the adoption. Yeah. Of the remote. And so we can start to see this. So in uh, Microsoft, which obviously has teams and they get all that data, um, they can see in China where you know, everything's been lifted is the usage of teams has stayed the same and is increasing. So hmm. um, wow. you know, we're actually seeing quantitative data that, that points to that this will be here to say the CEOs that I've talked to, they're like, no, I kind of like this. I, um, <laughs> the CFOs love it because they're, they're seeing the reduction in costs of uh, office space. Well, I find it interesting because I'm looking at your book summary, which I'm guessing you wrote some time ago. And the opening line is virtual work isn't the model of the future. It's here now. And I'm sure you wrote that before the coronavirus pandemic. Actually, <laughs> um, So, oh, okay. Uh, to be honest, uh, what happened was um, right in the middle of publishing this, and then it happened. And I'm like, whoa, this is all of a sudden so relevant. <laughs> yeah. um, we need to, but what's really interesting is, you know, we need to get this out there. But we're like, you know, crap. Now we need to like rewrite this because of the coronavirus. And then I went through all the content. And what I realized is we just changed a few sentences in the opening and the closing. Everything else in there did not need to be changed at all because it is, um, I, I don't want to use the word timeless. I can, can't think of enough. The, the core principles in there um, are going to apply for how people do remote work yeah, for a long, long time. Well, what you started this business, was it the vision from the beginning that it would be a remote business? So there's two, two pieces to it um, that are important to share is we started out um, not to save money, but we wanted better balance in people's lives. And um, so when they weren't at a client site, we wanted them to spend more time with their family. And yes, it's a great place to start. We save a lot of money by not having office space, but that wasn't what this was all it really speaks to the heart of where you were when you were creating the company to the get-go. Absolutely. Um, we were trying to, you know, I went back to the stuff that we were talking about earlier of how do you make a great culture? And that was one component of it, that it was not about a, a save money exercise, you know, being remote yeah. was a better, without a better way for employees to live their life. Now, did you also look at the productivity benefits of working remotely? Um, we knew them and, you know, obviously since this has happened, people have been reporting on them for a long time and there's a lot of, there's a Stanford study, there's a Harvard study. It, it is, the data is overwhelming, um, the productivity level in companies that have, have switched yeah. to remote, um, you know, better for the environment, you're not doing the, <laughs> you're happier. Um, and so I think when you, but there's always the, the if you talk to a lot of executives, uh, their number one thing is, I don't think I can trust my employees to work remote. 
And maybe the maybe the leaders aren't trustworthy. Hmm. <laughs> I talked to a lot of guys that were like, "No way am I doing this." And so that's why we actually opened the book. Okay. The yeah. you know, the first chapter is if you are not going to trust your employees, you're not going to have a great culture. You'll have culture, but it's not going to be a great one. Yeah. Well, one of the things we talked wow. about on a recent podcast was just that issue of trust, and I think we also we also talked about on some webinars that Craig and I have been doing. We create a webinar series for the coronavirus around uh, leadership, selling, and just sort of the mental health. And from the trust side, the way we looked at it was if you don't trust your people to work remotely, either they're not, they're not trustworthy and they don't need to be on the team, or more likely you've got that trustworthiness issue that you don't, don't trust anyone, and this is yeah. the leadership issue. Absolutely. And so I can tell you over 20 years, I can count on my hand on uh, one hand where we've had issues of people not working um, intentionally. And that's about hiring thousands of people. Wow. That is amazing. I'm curious about one thing, Larry, you talked about the, the core value of having your workforce live a more balanced life and remote was serving that. So one of the things I'm curious about, Larry, if you've dealt with it in a conversation in a recent podcast, our guest was saying that sometimes people who work remotely can get stuck in working too much and actually don't have the balance and need different boundaries. Have you run into that? And if so, how have you dealt with it? Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So absolutely. In fact, there's an entire chapter in the book on this very topic because it, it happens to I would, I, I don't know what the percentage is, um, but a, a huge majority um, is they end up working too much because what happens is you, um, the laptop is always open, you walk by it, your phone right. is on. And, um, and so you are just, you um, can't break, your, break yourself away and you have to teach people to have the personal discipline to figure out, you know, the hours that they're going to work and um, to learn to shut right. off and, value family. And so we, we end up having to teach people that in a lot of cases. How much of that Larry is about, do you think is about trust? And what I mean by that is I think some people who are really diligent will work more at home because they want to make sure they're really contributing and they'll go to the extreme, not just the convenience of the computers open, but they're saying, I got to prove myself. So I'm going to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day and crush it because that's what I think is expected of me. I have not seen that in our company um, at all. At all. Um, I think if you start with, I'm trusting you to get this job done and mm -hmm. you'll get it done when it's appropriate, you have that really high degree of trust. I don't see that as much, at least in our company. So that's a really interesting point that you make there where you say that it'll get done when it needs to. Um, does that mean that they have the flexibility to work essentially the hours that they want to, or is, are there some like core hours or how do you operate? We're lucky. We have 
extreme flexibility as you know, <laughs> knowledge workers. And our clients are usually um, pretty okay. It depends on the client situation. And so some clients have, you need to be, you know, you have flexibility, but you need to be here or available nine to three as an example. Let's just, just say that. I saw for years where conservative clients were like, I need to see you face to face. Even the most conservative clients I've seen in the last few years have come to, you know, they're constrained on space. They're seeing that the work is getting done and they've become more accepting. It was really fascinating when this pandemic hit, the most stalwart companies were forced to, and they were, oh my gosh, they did. And they're like, whoa, this is actually working pretty well. Um, so that's why I think we'll see an acceleration of remote work as, as, um, after this is over. Yeah, it's interesting because Marcia was also saying that what she had seen was a lot of people that were normally working in the office when they would work at home, they'd get five, six hours of work done and then be like, oh, I'm done with what I would normally do during a day. Do you have more work for me? So it seems like there's probably more work getting done when you're at home than when you're back at the office, when you're having those conversations and the interruptions and everything else that happens there. No question. And there's something in there that you said that, so we try to, um, and and you have to do this because people, um, they've been um, indoctrinated into this way of thinking and there's almost guilt. Um, So if I, in the middle of the day, I take an hour to go eat lunch with my kid from school or I go to do a yoga class or whatever, people have this extreme guilt and we're like, no, no, no. We want you to go do that. We want you to take that break and have that flexibility. And maybe on this day, you take a long lunch with your parent, please go do that. That is acceptable. That's actually, um, you're going you're, you're gonna to be um, mentally healthier and resilient and you're going to be a better performer if you're doing that. So we have to teach yeah. people that it's okay. <laughs> so Larry, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask the question rather than assume. I'm making a guess. I'm guessing that the leaders of Centric have modeled that well for the team members. Absolutely. <laughs> so I take a lot of vacation. Um, uh, yes, um, it, you have to show people that it's absolutely okay. And so I can, um, I can tell you, I've been on a lot of conference calls when I was at my son's golf matches and I was in, <laughs> talking in the golf voice, um, <laughs> on the conference call, hiding in the trees. Um, <laughs> nice. Well, I think that's so important because one of the things we're seeing already in some of our webinars and in the podcast, and I see it in my clients is leaders setting the expectations, as you're saying, around remote work or whatever work-life balance, but then they don't follow it. And they'll say, well, that's just me. And my message to them is, no, you have to model it because for you to say it's okay to do that, but you don't, their message is loud and clear. If you want to succeed here, you don't do that. Absolutely. So I've had to tell um, a number of leaders, I I want you to work a lot less. (laughs) I want you to go on vacation. I need you to go on vacation. So I, that is such a different voice than what most people hear. The one thing I know it's in your book, Larry, you talk about recruiting and hiring team members for a remote team. So what's different for you? I know there's a lot of things you do intentionally around culture, but what's different for you when you know you're hiring for remote work? Hmm. Um, Perfect. Uh, So a couple of things. So we've actually broken down and we had to think through this a little bit is aspects of our culture that 
our core culture that cannot be taught and ones that can be taught, and then aspects of virtual culture that cannot be taught and ones that can. So you know, you're asking specifically about virtual. The things that can be taught, we just talked about a few of them, how to work from home and do it the right way, how to conduct a virtual meeting and how to build relationships in a virtual meeting. But the things that can't be taught that we found, at least for our company, that match up with us is we are trying to find people that are naturally collaborative and people that naturally go out of their way to help others. And then finally, we're, we're trying to find people because we're a consulting organization that's just with who we are as our culture. Is we're finding people that I'll say it is enjoyable to spend time with or be around. And um, we found that if, if they don't have some of those attributes, that they're probably not, they're, we just can't teach them and they won't fit into our culture. Larry, this has been fantastic. You know, in what you said, I loved at the beginning, so many people have been forced into remote workforces right now. I think this is all unknown going forward. I know it's the current, it's the new reality and it's here. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens to remote working as we come out of this pandemic and what happens to the organizations who did it because they had to, will they keep it? Will they tweak it? I think there's so much to unfold. You know, I highly recommend your book to folks, uh, which you said is coming out in about in May. I'm excited to read it. Tell us the title again, Larry. It's Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams. Hmm. And we always close off our podcast, Larry, with a couple of signature questions to our guest. And the first question for you, Larry, is if you could speak to one person who's living today, who would it be and what's the one question you would ask them? So I don't know if this is illegal or not for your podcast, um, but I, I'm going to modify it slightly because I've been thinking about this a lot and, uh, and that recently, and that would be a, a dead person. And the reason for that is I was, um, so I've been through 2001 um, as a crisis managing a company and then 2008 and now this one. And, uh, you know, I've been around CEOs and when it happens, there's anxiety and fear, um, you know, that we all feel in running an organization. And I've read um, Churchill's biography by Gilbert, mm. and it's a, it's a fascinating read. And throughout that, I was just struck at his demonstration of courage throughout his life. Um, but in the biography, they don't, he, maybe it's the British thing, they don't talk about feelings at all. And so I, want, I was trying to figure out if he was just born with the courage or if there's something in his life along the way that caused him to have that courage. Because I think about courage a lot now as we're trying to manage through this crisis. And by no means is it anything like the existential threat that Churchill faced. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, you know, I would love to ask him uh, where that came from. Mm. Mm. No, I love that. I love that. I'm a, I'm a student of history as well. And Churchill's a favorite of mine. And just the way he showed up in the times, and I think it's fascinating. One of the pe- things people don't even know about Churchill is after leading the nation in, the, in a profound way through a profound time, shortly after the war ended, he was not reelected. <laughs> well, you know, what's fascinating about that is he was meant to be a war president or war yeah. minister. And, um, you know, I think that everything changed, but he was at the right place at the right time. And he basically been groomed for that his entire life. Yeah, right, One of my right. favorite quotes from him is, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. He has yeah. so many great ones. Fantastic <laughs> leader. 
So thank you for that, Larry. And the second question is, we emphasize the word one because everyone's got lots of ideas, but what's the one piece of wisdom you would offer to leaders out there for them to have more impact? We talked about it earlier in the podcast, and uh, for me, it's made all the difference, and that's modeling vulnerability. Um, so uh, you guys have your mastermind group. Um, I have my um, uh, uh, part of uh, YPO, Young Presence Organization, and so there's a group of, you know, very similar, a group of 10 people um, that just call you out on your blind spots, and they're like, you are not modeling vulnerability. And um, it's, you know, you don't realize it. And when I made that change, uh, people uh, felt more connected to me and it makes them trust you more because they're like, oh, he's having the same thoughts or, you know, he's real. And, uh, and so it's made me such a better leader by being able to do it. Yeah. Wow. Right on. You're singing my song, (laughs) speaking my language. The big V I think is, and will long be the game changer in leadership. So, so Larry, what's, what's something that you maybe want to promote or talk about? I think you have a book coming out soon, um, but is there anything else that, that you want to maybe make front and center? No. So I'll just mention the book, uh, office optional, how to build a connected culture with virtual teams. It's where uh, I've been writing it for a year because hmm. Uh, people would ask me, I've talked to all these executives and they're like, I don't understand how you operate a business remote. And then, I, <laughs> and then when I said we won a lot of awards for culture, they're just like, I don't believe you. you know? <laughs> and so I was like, you know, this, and so the, where the idea was going is at least what I foresee is the future of work is remote. And yeah. then we had this grand experiment all of a sudden with the pandemic, um, and yeah. so I'm rushing to get this out there. Um, it was in the <laughs> production, but I'm trying to accelerate it. So uh, it should be released here in early um, May. And, um, Excellent. The, the last thing I'll say is we're actually, you know, to get the proceeds coming from it are being uh, uh, given to charity. So, and the first charities that we'll do are uh, COVID relief efforts. Okay, fantastic. We'll put a, make sure that we have a link to that in the show notes. And how do people reach you, Larry? What's a way that is a good way to connect with you if you're open to that? LarryEnglish.net. Well, thank you, Larry. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing so openly. And thank you for creating a business that has an impact that makes a difference in now over a thousand people's lives. You know, Cartavera, Craig and I, when we started this, said we know it's about a ripple effect. And the ripples through our people, and clearly you're having a ripple effect through people's lives at Centric Consulting. So good on you, and thanks for making a difference in the world through your leadership. Way to go. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And 
you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.